Happiness is that state of consciousness which proceeds from the achievement of one's values. Anne Rand, welcome to Flourish, where we explore how to nurture, coach, and inspire the next generation for success and let their genius thrive. I'm your coach, Diane Planadin, and if you hadn't guessed, today is all about happiness and how we can pursue it. It seems as though we are always seeking it as if it was an end result. Turns out that happiness is actually, yes, in the pursuit of it. Since the teachings of Aristotle in 300 BC, the ancient Greek philosopher and polymath said, happiness is not pleasure nor is it virtue. It is the exercise of virtue, which means happiness consists in achieving through the course of a whole lifetime. Yes. Where it gets blurry in our day and age is our instant gratification world. <laughs> Those hits of dopamine may give a little spark now and then, but to be truly happy is to continually grow, continually stretch, stretch towards those dreams and goals. I think perhaps that is where Mark Twain, who came up with a famous saying in find a job you enjoy doing and you'll never work a day in your life. That does not mean that you are not working. <laughs> what it means is it's not a dreary means to an end. Rather, when you do what you love, it doesn't feel like work. Do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like a chore. It doesn't feel daunting. What it does feel like is that you can hardly wait to start the day. You can hardly wait to get out in the morning and start working on what you love doing that's going to not only fill your soul, but give back to society. So why is this important? Because if you can teach yourself and your children that happiness is in the pursuit of what they love and not mm, how many likes they get on Instagram, you will set them up for success. You will set them up for a peaceful mindset. It's your own choice how you will approach it. If your joy is derived from what society thinks of you, you're always going to be disappointed. Madonna, an icon, very wise woman, take her advice. So think of you and your family. When you are happy, when you are healthy, when you're at peace, your family is too. 
happiness is, is contagious. It really is. I mean, smiles and giggles never go out of style. So how do you pursue happiness when there's always someone out there, and there is, trying to steal it from you? One way to do this is to identify those triggers. What or who is pushing your buttons without your permission? Who is saying, doing, being negative every day? And you're getting tired of it. You're getting tired of constantly having to put like shields up. You can't, you can't enter this space, okay? <laughs> wouldn't it be nice? Just wouldn't it be nice every now and then to let your guard down? And just let happiness in. And just, just be at peace. By identifying what triggers you, what sends you into that spiral of, woe is me, why me? You can practice being able to just let that slide off, just like water on a duck's back. Let it slide off. You take a moment and you decompress. Access denied. No entry. No entry to my happiness. Not today. I've recognized what that trigger is and access denied. I am not going to put my happiness in the hands of others. By thinking, by thinking about these triggers and thinking deeply like really dig deep, look back at an experience in which, which did not make us happy, okay? And they seem to repeat themselves. We can teach ourselves to recognize the trigger before our record player in our mind starts repeating negative thoughts. And those feelings and emotions start taking control. You can ask yourself, ask yourself, why? Why am I feeling this way? Be aware. Why am I having a bad day? Be your own personal investigator. Investigate those feelings. And as you practice, ask yourself, why am I having a good day today? It doesn't have to be all about the bad days. It doesn't have to be all about the negative thoughts. It can be simply awareness on what thoughts are triggering different emotions and how you can control that. Because these triggers, well, once you recognize them, then you get to choose how to respond. And that's why it's so important to teach it to our children because uh, they grow up exponentially fast, don't they? You need to teach them to be aware, be aware of their own environment. Let me give you a, a personal example of this. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, you probably know by now that my father has Alzheimer's disease and it's not easy. It's not easy on him. 
It's not easy on my mother. It's not easy on anyone in my entire family. It is, I'm not going to lie, overwhelming. Nobody could have prepared me for that. Nobody. But that's not the trigger for me. The trigger for me is not his Alzheimer's disease. The trigger for me that, oh, I'm like, oh, another bad day. Why? The trigger for me is the moment I enter the long-term care facility. Actually, I think it starts festering the moment I enter the, the parking lot. And once I realize this, oh, once I realize this, this pain, this honest pain was real. And I realized I could not change my circumstances. I could not change what my father was going through, what my family was going through. I could, though, stop the spiral of woe is me. It took me a long time. And that's why I'm sharing this information with you. Took me a long time to figure out why I felt this way, why I was so angry. <laughs> I said it out loud. Yes, angry. And I probably look angry just talking about it. <laughs> once I got over the hump, once I understood, I am not going to be able to change the situation. I am not going to be able to change where he lives. I am not going to be able to change any circumstances whatsoever. So I had to change my attitude. That was hard, but I did this. I did this. And I want to share with you how I did this because it might work for you too. I do this number one, number one, by acknowledging the trigger. This, this is the deciding factor. Once I acknowledge what is triggering it, that is the difference between a good day and a bad day. The trigger is the difference between a good day and a bad day. Remembering that I will feel this way every time because I can't change the circumstances I was allowing my happiness to be in the hands of others, to be in the hands of other people. And that is not self-empowerment. So I recognize that trigger. Number two, I practiced, practice, practice, and still practice every time on reframing my attitude reframing my point of view not an easy task but i do this by talking to myself hmm. i did not say listen to myself no 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 because if i listen to myself i'd feel sorry for myself and i'd feel sorry for the situation i feel sorry i was so helpless in helping the situation so i talk to myself I talk to myself and neuroscience has taught us that our minds, our subconscious believes 
whatever we tell it. And because I know that, I tell myself a different story. And number three, I stand tall. I keep my head up high. I breathe in. And breathe and feel calm. Head up high, chin up, confidence. You can't help but feel confident when you're standing just a little bit taller. It actually works. So this is all worth it. This is all worth dredging through the quicksand, talking to myself, and making my way through. Because once I reach my dad, and this could be anybody, but for me, it's my dad. Once I've gone through the quicksand and reach his smiling face, because he is just so happy, so happy when family visits, I feel grateful. I have this overwhelming sense of gratitude and I feel calm because I've pursued happiness. I've pursued happiness by reminding myself, it's not about me. It's not about me. I do it for him. And guess what? He gives back. He is grateful to see me. He is grateful to see my family. It's, it's, almost, yeah, it's almost unimaginable. But I'm really trying to explain it well here. So, so the reason for me telling me my personal story is I want you to think. Think if your own situation where your pursuit of happiness is being challenged. Can you think of a situation in your own life where there's constant triggers? Someone's pushing your button. Maybe it's a teacher. Maybe it's another parent. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's your boss. Maybe it's your spouse. I don't know. There's always somebody and something trying to, you know, drag you down in order to fill their boots. But the importance is that you are not responsible for them outsourcing their happiness. For them trying to take something from you in order to be happy. From expecting something from you to be happy. From pushing your buttons to make them feel better. Yeah. No. That is not the way you pursue happiness. And once you understand this, you can actually share it with others. Share it with your children. Share how self-empowered we all are. And there's nobody's responsibility to make someone else feel better at your own expense. They don't even get happy by, you know, buying a, a new shirt or whatever. Those are all external factors. It all comes from within. It all comes from within when you pursue happiness. And I want you to think about your own situation and also be aware be hyper aware of your environment so you can start recognizing it. Let me give you for another, for instance, uh, this past summer, I was out at the garden center, one of my favorite places. 
And as I'm loading upon plants, I notice immediately that there's this girl crying. She's She works there. She's crying. She's out, out of my corner of my eye. I can see her. I came to an abrupt halt. I parked my pony of plants, left it, made my way over there very slowly, very unassuming, made some eye contact, just an empathetic vision for her to look at. She immediately (laughs) burst open. I mean, she burst open with (gasps) hyperventilating tears and explaining what happened. You can only imagine She was so distressed, so overwhelmed. And do you know why? She allowed someone to make her feel that way. Someone was trying to steal her joy. And that someone was her manager for her doing, I don't know, she didn't carry a plant to a car or something blurry story, but regardless, regardless of the situation, I just took a moment. I took a moment to empathize. I didn't know this girl, but I really felt like mm, she might have been 16, 17, a waif of a girl. I mean, absolutely gorgeous. Starting out in life, learning a new job. It was probably her first summer job. And meanwhile, she was not, not enjoying the experience. And that manager, I I honestly wish I would have been more aware of what was going on prior because they are there to nurture, coach, and inspire their employees to to rise above, to succeed, to be driven, to exceed customers' needs, and therefore providing their own happiness. And it, it, it made me sad. It made me sad because she didn't need that type of burden, especially at that age. Oh my gosh. You know, I just I could not ignore her tears. And I hope, I hope I reached her in in some way because, you know, when managers can be bullies too. And once a bully, always a bully. (laughs) You don't need to communicate that way. And I hope I helped her briefly just to breathe, to understand what happened was not about her. It was not about her because when people act that way, mm-hmm, red flag, it's always about them. Always. Those people, those bullies, they have big issues. They have big issues. I mean, nobody's going to solve their issues for them. So you must choose to keep people like that at bay. It was a glimmer, a glimmer I hope I gave her that day of the understanding. And if you are running into 
the same scenario. Or if you notice that in others, I, I speak extensively on how to deal with bullies in uh, episode 18, The Trouble with Bullies. It's worth a listen if that is your challenge in pursuing your happiness. I never did see that girl again. I have a feeling she moved on to another job. And for that, I think she's a better person for recognizing where she wants to choose to share her power. I only wish at that moment I could have been a little bit more profound for that employee and shared with her a very famous quote from the 1600s by Sir Thomas Brown. I am the happiest man alive. I have that in me that can convert poverty into riches, adversity to prosperity, and I am more invulnerable than Achilles. Fortune hath not one place to hit me. That is nothing new. That is from the 1600s. And that is from a polymath, a brilliant man who realized even back then, happiness is in the pursuit. In our pursuit of happiness, remember, it's important to have honorable morals, ethics, and standards. I am. He said that. He said that. I am. In the 1600s, those two words are so, so powerful because we're telling ourselves what we are need to remind ourselves of it. We do. We do. Happiness is in the pursuit in which very, very wise people through the ages have shared and told us time and time again. And I bet if you put your thinking caps on, you could think of a few more wise people through the ages who knew that happiness was in the pursuit. When you are next time in the cusp or one of your children or one of your students of spiraling out because you're thinking, oh, something you can't control. Woe is me. What was the trigger? Stop. What was the trigger? And you can practice this when you're also having happy triggers. Helps you identify things along the way. And then you can think deeply and acknowledge that trigger. Acknowledge it. Oh, behold, there it is. Aha. Then you know. That's when you take a moment and you decompress and you reframe your attitude. And what works for me is I just talk to myself. I stop listening to those wacky, wacky thoughts. And I talk to myself. And I talk myself through it. Stand tall. Breathe in. 
exude confidence, poise, chin up, chin up, keep that chin up. You will then begin to feel grateful, grateful that you were able to maintain your decorum, feel calm and be able to think clearly, think clearly because now you're pursuing happiness. Now you're not under stress. Now you are living your own morality. You are your honor, your principles, your virtue, yours, no one else's. The purpose of morality is to teach you not to suffer and die, but to enjoy yourself and live. And Rand, I could give you thousands and thousands of quotes and you will hear thousands and thousands of quotes, but just understand this is nothing new. Aristotle knew it. Sir Thomas Brown knew it. Madonna knew it. Still does. She's still a fierce, fierce woman and an inspiration to us all. We are all born with a gift. We're all born with purpose. Life's journey is to hone and develop that gift and pursue your happiness and pursue your dreams and pursue your goals because that's where happiness lies as purpose changes within. So as you keep reaching your goals and your aspirations and reaching for the stars, you will realize Happiness is in the pursuit. Live well.